Hey everyone, welcome back to Infinity Watchers. We're kicking off the new year by looking back at the end of last year with the, the Hawkeye series. So we've already kind of released our review for Spider-Man No Way Home. Um, so you can catch our thoughts on that um, wherever, wherever you get your podcasts. Um, but this week we're going to look back at the entire Hawkeye series. We had some uh kind of a busy spell in both of our lives so we weren't doing our normal weekly recaps for this show like we had in the past for all the other Disney Plus series but we're we're back and ready to talk about this awesome awesome show yeah and i'm i'm kind of glad that we decided to split this one up in 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 3 and 3 uh cuz i there's a lot to talk about in this show, but I feel like if we did it week to week, like we normally were doing with, say, Loki and even Falcon and Winter Soldier, that we would be kind of stretching ourselves thin on things to talk about and speculate on. Like this one doesn't really garner or doesn't really need as much discussion as, say, Loki. But um, I think there's a there's a lot in here just packed into three episodes each, and I think we could do like there's like the whole. Uh, full spoilers here for the show i mean it's been out for for like over yeah. a month now but like and probably i, I would say we're probably going to dip into some spoiler territory for territory for spider-man no i would say so well. being that we <laughs> out of necessity being for that some we parts, spoiled part so. kind of spoiled or alluded to spoiling parts of this show in that review it it, it goes likewise um so i think splitting it up kind of like in half like anything up to episode three is like pre Yelena. And then afterwards, anything post Yelena, that's when like everything picked up even more. So I think that's a, I think we did pick a pretty good stopping point to come back to it. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's overall, this show is pretty low mm -hmm. stakes. I mean, kind of high stakes emotionally for the characters, but low stakes as compared to something like Loki, which is <laughs> universe bending, dealing with the space time right. continuum and the multiverse and, so I think with the grand stories that we've seen in recent months, going back to even just looking from like June onwards when we started with Loki, I mean, we had Loki, What If, Shang-Chi, Eternals, No Way Home. Yeah. So it's like all these massive like universe changing stories. So at the end of the year to have this nice like, fun holiday romp was a nice change of yeah pace. and i'd say overall like this is this would be fun to put on like at christmas just in the background if you're doing stuff put doing chores around the house um it's really surprisingly for a show about a former assassin and like mass murder it's very light and fun <laughs> something you could sit down and watch yeah. with your kids um Violence doesn't the violence doesn't get too brutal at times. At times it can be, but they they tend to like shy away from it and cut away from it. Uh, even introducing Kingpin into the series, like obviously calls back to Daredevil and the Netflix series, mm -hmm. and it is a far cry from where we where we were in the Netflix series. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, this it's it's just another testament to what Marvel Studios can do with the properties that they have and the heroes that they have, like telling this smaller scale story that, you know, is a street level show, but it's definitely very different from some of the things we've seen on a Netflix mm -hmm. series. Um, 
So I, I did really appreciate that. Um, so with our, our typical like retrospective and review episodes, we like to, we like to kind of do a bit of an awards category, um, or an awards show (laughs) as you will. Um, so, you know, that's kind of the format we'll follow here. Um, there's different categories like best supporting actor, best fight scene, um, biggest laugh, uh, the Fury Award, which is typically for um, the best cameo in the show, um, best Easter egg, and MVP. So we'll we'll kind of go through those categories um, and you know pick our our standout scenes from this this yeah. entire show. But I think you and I have kind of given our our high level thoughts. Um, so from here, we're probably going to get into some heavy heavy spoiler territory. And I think the best place to kind of start with that is looking at the best supporting actor category. So starting from the top, we have uh, Florence Pugh, Vincent D'Onofrio, who returned as Wilson Fisk, a.k.a. Kingpin. Um, Surprisingly, that one I I thought would be more of a cameo, kind of more in the Fury War. But I think he definitely was uh, supporting. Yeah, he takes over an entire episode. Yep. Yeah, I mean, they opened the the finale with him, so... Um, Vera Farmiga as Eleanor Bishop, Tony Dalton as Jack Duquesne, aka the Swordsman, mm-hmm. Alakwa Cox as Maya Lopez, and Fra Free as Kazi, um, also known as the clown in the, in the comics. <laughs> so one of the one of the biggest supporting actors for me in this was Florence. I was thinking Pugh. the same thing. Um so let's let's start with her. I mean she she just stole every single scene she was in easily and hands yeah. down and and her chemistry with with Haley Steinfeld's Kate Bishop was just off the charts like part like from that first introduction scene in Kate's apartment but even more so their fight in the skyscraper in the finale was just right? amazing like well part of me just kind of wanted like the the Yelena show from like there on out like as much as I love Kate and yeah. and uh, Clint, like just give me Elena for the rest of the show. I don't really care at this point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like 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 you said, Florence Pugh just stole the show as soon as she she showed up, and I I couldn't get enough of her in it. She's like she's having fun with this role, and she did in Black Widow. But the fact that we get more of her here just made me so much more excited and like. Like you said, the chemistry she had with Haley Steinfeld in that dinner scene where they're, they're quote, girls night together um, over the pot of mac and cheese was like, it was just a fun, it was just a, yeah. like, like, I just, I just wanted the two of them sitting there talking for, for 45 minutes, right? <laughs> yeah. And I mean, she has the line later in the, in the finale where it's like, uh, I think um, Kate says to her, stop making me like you. And she's like, sorry, I can't help it. And it's like, yeah, that's pretty much Elena. Like, she's there to kill an original member of the Avengers that we've known for 10 years. And we're like cheering her on. <laughs> like, like, it it was a very meta comment. But, I mean, she just killed it. She's just so enjoyable. I can't wait to see where, where she shows up next. And we really are kind of unknown in terms of where the show goes for mm-hmm. the most part. Aside from, like, Echo. You know, we don't know when we're going to see Kate Bishop next. We don't know when we're going to see Yelena next. I hope we see them together next because they were a mm-hmm. lot of fun to watch. Yeah, I hope so, too. What did you think of the the flashback to start episode four where we got to see Yelena um, 
as she got blipped. Oh my god! Like I, I was I was stunned about that. Like as soon as it happened, as soon as it happened, you see the smoke, like like all the particles disappear and then come back within second, within a millisecond of each other. Yeah. I'm like, oh, so that's how everybody sees it. Is they literally just t- time passed. Literally, you, they blinked well, and, that's, and what's, that's what is so cool about the blip and them that the way they keep revisiting it is we see in so it, many different perspectives we've seen it and represented in so many different mm-hmm. perspectives and so many different ways. Like we've seen, you know, obviously the way that people disappeared in mm-hmm. Infinity War, we saw um, in Spider-Man Far From Home, the like kind of comedic reappearance of the band, like mm-hmm. immediately just showing back up and everyone crashing <laughs> into each other. Um then we saw with Monica and WandaVision, like how she how she kind of uh, was like reforming from mm-hmm. the blip. And then with Kate, uh, Yelena, it's it's like no time passes no. at all. Like she never even noticed what no. happened. She walked into the bathroom, walked out and literally five years has just passed. Like like time literally yeah. didn't exist. And and the way they showed the bathroom, like the wallpaper, like changing, melting, yeah. like changing colors. Like it, it was just a cool like artistic representation of what that would look like to somebody and i i like yeah, that it actually gave me a little bit of anxiety of like oh my god so this is how it happens and like i i can't imagine stepping into a room and stepping out and literally five years has passed and just i mean yeah not to say we're living through that now but like we're in 2022 and it feels like march 2020 was yesterday doesn't yeah. it yeah <laughs> and a whole Definitely. year has passed in between <laughs> Yeah, but, but anyway, um, so we, we can kind of relate to it. But at the same time, it's like, oh, so that that's really how that feels. We're literally in a second that five years has passed. Uh, one of the former Black Widows has a kid and like, what is going on here? Yeah, and this is kind of our first little hint at what Yelena's relationship is with Val, yeah. too, because the the black widow that she was visiting ended up being like a hired assassin like she just kind of went back to what she knows so you can kind of connect the dots and say that that's where yelena was in contact mm-hmm. with val um but it, it just it was heartbreaking too because her first instinct was to ask for her sister who had died and like we knew yep. that she was gone already at that yep. point so it's it's extra sad knowing yelena was blipped just because we know that she had just reconnected with her sister right, right before Infinity War, and right. that was it. Like that's all. As soon as she reconnected with her, she lost. Exactly. It. That sucks. <laughs> Part of me in my head canon was like, "Well, hopefully they got to spend that time during the flip <laughs> together." But no, that was that was it. And that just makes it all the more heartbreaking, and it it makes her motives a little bit more real to where it's like things are not fair for her, and she even calls it out with Clint in their final confrontation like she's jealous that she had that clint had all that Mm -hmm. time with nat and she didn't so i mean florence Pugh, i think very strong i would say for for best supporting actor uh but we will talk about talk about the others here uh so next let's let's just get the talk about the big old elephant room and and hit uh vincent d'onofrio as wilson fisk aka kingpin I mean, we've return. been talking about this for a few months now, where, or at least a few weeks, yeah. where D'Onofrio has been like tweeting out that he's in the show in code, 
And so like it was it was pretty apparent and it fit very well into into the story. The whole idea of introducing a quote uncle character and just yeah. seeing his not even his outline, but like his hand his hand alone gave it away in the second episode. Yes. <laughs> I know it's Chin Pin. Um he was I thought he was great in this. It was good to see him back in the role. We can tell he's having fun with it. And I love the white I actually like the white suit. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's a nice change of pace yep. from the the black suits and Daredevil and the jumpsuits. Um but I mean you could tell he's having fun with it and uh somehow the darkness that character has matches the tone of the MCU pretty well. Or at least the like yeah, how was- melancholic and dark he is in the Netflix series. Mm-hmm. It somehow transplants itself very well into this series it it does and i I think it really helped that in the first introduction scene the you have him kind of go toe-to-toe with another extremely great and powerful actor in vera farmiga although like i I don't think she was the strongest part of this series by far no no fault of her own but I think pairing them up in that first scene to establish that power dynamic was a big part of it. Cause that's, I mean, that's all Kingpin is, is mm-hmm. power dynamics and just the way that he holds power over right. everyone. And you got to see like hints of that, like unhinged, like bottled up rage in mm-hmm. this too. Like in that first scene, even because his, like, as she's telling him, like she's going to defy him and she has like dirt on him mm-hmm. or whatever his eye just like starts twitching and like you can see like he's such a great actor he's with so like, little nuanced expressions like that it just it took me right back to daredevil and i'm like yep i'm afraid <laughs> of this guy <laughs> i i definitely think that the i know this is the same character but for me i was definitely expecting him to kill eleanor <laughs> at the end oh yeah like every everything that we have seen from kingpin says that she wouldn't have left that confrontation alive yeah yeah that's fair <laughs> but i i can i mean kate did come in and distract I mean, it him seemed like he was holding back just a little bit uh, like yeah any other time yeah, he may have just especially after what still. we've seen of this character in the netflix series like he doesn't hold back like my my thought my thoughts always go straight to that car door scene where he literally just rips somebody yeah. out of the car and starts slamming the granted i don't think they're gonna do that to yeah. vera Farmiga, but <laughs> no no but it could have been a nod to that with him like ripping the car door yeah off really <laughs> <laughs> i was like yeah i got i got worried for her once he opened the car door i was like oh no <laughs> stay away from that man um but i i mean i was really shocked to see he and he and kate go toe-to-toe in the finale, I, I did not see like a one-on-one fight between those two. And she happening. gets her ass handed to her. Like, oh. yeah, I mean, he ragdolls her around that. Oh, toy my God. I mean, she, and that's after he got hit with a, tr- right. a car. <laughs> <laughs> like Eleanor hits him with the car and he flies through the window. It's, well, his like that was his um, power levels, like, like just quadrupled into this show, you know? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what's going on there. He definitely seemed more powerful <laughs> than he was in the Netflix series. I mean, they they did display him to have more than like the average human strength. Yeah. But I mean, he just he tanked a, a car hit. He ripped a car door <laughs> off 
Like you almost wonder if they're going to tie this back a little bit to the power broker and say he got some form of like a, a super soldier Maybe. serum. I don't know. It, but I don't know. It could, I mean, in the comics, it's just like he's extra yeah. strong. So they could just do that. And I think that's mm-hmm. fine. But yeah, I, I definitely thought him being in the series would have been completely a pulling the strings type of guy. I didn't expect him to really actually go toe to toe with one of the Hawkeyes. <laughs> See, I actually did, but I, I, I didn't, did you? I, I did it. I did see it coming, especially with how much or the, the relationship between Kate and her mother and, um, and fist and her mother kind of played out. I liked the, um, I liked Kate using the, the coin, the coin shot trick with one of his oh, cufflinks. Yeah. <laughs> that was cool because like they they make a big deal out of those cufflinks in the daredevil series. So to see her like nab one and, and use it, I think was a good, really see, cool play. I, I gotta be honest. I still have yet to watch that third season. And I'm, I, I know I, I can't remember if I did it on air, but I made a promise that I would watch it over Christmas break. And yeah, and you I that. didn't watch it because I ended up binging the <laughs> matrix, the matrix movies and the good place. <laughs> instead not a bad not a bad substitute though. so I'll, i i will get to daredevil season three yeah i think um you know talking about daredevil and kingpin we should probably just segue into a yes as my lopez aka echo um you know i think it's a good good way to tie up our vincent d'onofrio discussion and, and talk a little bit about her um you know i i'm a little underwhelmed by her usage here. It definitely felt like throughout the series, they cut a lot of her big character beats to save for her for her own show <laughs> series. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they they sacrificed a bit of her character development in this just to save it for later. Like I, I feel like there were some more scenes between her and Kazi to build up their relationships that were needed to earn kind of their final mm-hmm. flight scene. Um, but. You know, I'm I'm not. You know that that probably is my biggest critique of this series. I think is that you know she felt a little undercooked. <laughs> Aside from that origin episode where they focused a lot. Yeah, on and I mean that's nothing against a lot of herself. I thought she did a. I thought oh, she did a. Not. She did a great job with uh, with what she had. But yeah, her, I I agree with you that this at the same time though this wasn't really her origin. This was just introducing the character to audiences. And right. we'll get a little more context to her character in her own show. Yeah, but I guess to me it felt like it was originally intended to be her origin, but you can kind of feel where they like ripped pieces of that I origin gotcha. away to save it for her yeah. own show. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like I feel like it it was written with the intent that this was going to be her origin leading up to that moment of her shooting mm-hmm. Kingpin. But they cut pieces out of that to save like some of those bigger moments for for later um so I, I think it's more on like the structure and probably i mean any of these series seem to be affected by covid in some way or another too just to get them out so i wouldn't be surprised that's part of it i mean we saw a lot of issues with that with falcon and, and even what if there was a whole episode yeah, lost to if. it so mm-hmm. yeah and the falcon and winter soldier with that rumored like pandemic plot line that probably would have <laughs> done a lot for the the flag smashers we were pretty if that of. is true i just i i what are the odds <laughs> I know. you know i i don't think it was a disservice to anyone in no. this show like that it 
like the it still kept the focus on the Hawkeyes. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's I think it served as an adequate introduction to her character. Um, and I'm excited for the Echo show just because it seems like, you know, I, I want to see more of her. But it also feels like it's probably going to be more of like a backdoor reintroduction to Daredevil <laughs> as well. I mean, we got we got Kingpin and Daredevil reintroduced to the MCU in the same yeah. week. Like, how how did that line up? Like, was that a coincidence or like it had to have just been planned? Like that. That's just the timing of that is just wild to me. The same week. Like that, that first episode where they showed the, the picture of Kingpin on Kate's mm-hmm. phone was two days before No Way Home right. came out. So pretty incredible planning or incredible coincidence <laughs> on Marvel Studios part. But I mean, I, I obviously Kingpin's not dead. It um, seems like too too obvious that they didn't kill him. Even though yeah. she was you, you standing you don't at pan up. point blank range with the gun. <laughs> yeah. Now I will say that is something that actually happens in Maya's origin oh. comic. I think it's off the pages of a Daredevil comic. She basically shoots I mean, she actually shoots Kingpin in the head and he's just kind of like temporarily blinded. <laughs> so well, like I mean, it, it is I mean, something they could that be they're... They could go with that as well. And I mean, he did get hit by a car and kept going with car doors off. And... Yeah. And an exploding <laughs> arrow, the, the too dangerous arrow. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it's possible that he did shot at point blank range and nothing matters. So talking about Lockwood Cox, I think quickly we'll hit on Frawfrey as uh, Kazi. Um, I thought he was serviceable. Yeah. I mean, it seemed like he was kind of just there for... Um, Maya's character mm-hmm. development, which that relationship felt a little undercooked. I didn't to me, fully but I understand was, that was, relationship. Okay, I understood he was like a subordinate to her, but I didn't understand like their feud in the end, like why they ended up fighting. I think it was because he he told Kingpin that her father betrayed him or something. Like he was the one that tipped off. Um, well, or or he knew that Kingpin ordered her father to oh, be killed. Oh, that's it. That's it. Yeah. And he was the one that tipped off Ronan, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. And he hid that from her. But I, I still didn't understand if their relationship was supposed to be, like, brother-sister. Was it romantic? Like, it was never... See, I didn't get romantic out of it. I got, I got more I of just either. partners. Yeah. Like business partners, like you need me i need you and you can also communicate with me others can't so you're kind of mm-hmm. my go-to interpreter as well yeah maybe that's what it was and that that's where i think it was a little undercooked like they didn't do a great job of defining where that what that relationship mm-hmm. was and then you know had a big emotional beat out of it in the finale that just wasn't that emotional right. <laughs> when Kazi like i guess died i don't know if he's actually dead or not but uh, so then the last two to talk about, I think, would be Vera Farmiga and Tony Dalton. So we'll start with Vera Farmiga. Um, what did you think of Eleanor? <laughs> did I? Pre- I can't remember. Did I predict it in the in our in our first half that she was going to be a villain of some sort or the main villain of some sort? Okay. Yeah, because <laughs> it seemed like so obvious from from the first episode. What I didn't yeah. expect was for Jack to just be a pawn. I thought he was going to be in on it, <laughs> but like he literally got duped. 
Jack was he awesome. was. <laughs> I love that he he was just like <laughs> he ended up just being like a a dorky stepdad who likes yeah. sports. Like I, I did not. No, see that, that was that was a nice little like, twist of of that. It was so refreshing. I know. <laughs> it would make it fun to go back and rewatch everything and see like with that lens instead of looking at him as being so sinister. And the way he well, like just being this dorky idiot. <laughs> we knew Eleanor was behind it, but like the way Tony Dalton was playing Jack up to be, he was playing him up to be like the playing him up to be the villain. So like I. <laughs> Yeah, that that twist was a, it was very refreshing, very um it was a very fun twist. Um and to just see when he says like I'll be uh, I'll be out of jail. This will all be cleared up in a couple of hours and he just shows up at the party a few hours later with no questions asked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was right. <laughs> I don't like when they when they accused him as a uh of like owning the the shell company i can't remember i think sloan, sloan yeah something Limited. like that um he said i can't own a shell company i've never worked a day in my life it's <laughs> <laughs> like just a spoiled rich like dope sort of <laughs> that i thought just worked it worked so well and just the way he he kind of came in to save the day <laughs> towards the end and he was so happy to like have actual sword right. action <laughs> To the point where he's probably going to show up in the MCU again and be a LARPer. Yeah, I we forgot like to talk about that in the first half. That that there was a whole LARPing segment in this, and I I didn't fully understand what I liked it. Was, it. I liked it, but I think they definitely went back to that LARPing group a little too little much. Too, like they became a pretty like important plot point. I'm pretty sure they killed people in that. I think so <laughs> too. Of the tracksuit mafia. I think end. so too, and they were police officers and fire and fire <laughs> department members, and they were like yeah. emergency response. Just being like, yeah, vigilantes. really. <laughs> it was a little odd. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I think that was definitely uh, really odd, and I, I I didn't care too much for that moment when they came storming out of the building like with swords and just started <laughs> fighting. I was like, okay, this is I weird. Mean, it's yeah but also with that whole i mean we'll talk about the rockefeller center fight but like there's just no police like (laughs) like i i guess you could attribute that to kingpin like he's always had like corrupt cops so he could divert their attention away but but at the same time there's a fight breaking out rockefeller center uh, weren't we just didn't we in wandavision just talk like about the sokovia accords and how (laughs) wanda was in violation of them like those just they just don't matter anymore i think (laughs) Like, cause this is definitely not a, I, I can't imagine what they're, what they're doing here and like taking the Rockefeller tree <laughs> down and like, that can't be somebody shooting arrows from Sokovia down, some, <laughs> somebody shooting arrows from down on the ice into like, into mafia members and like, yeah, I mean, explosions. well, let's it's just, let's just go into our best. Well, I think, scene. I think, I think, uh, uh, well, we kind of stepped over Vera Farmiga, um, Oh yeah, we do. I mean, she's she's doing the best with what she's got. Eleanor just isn't a compelling character in general. Um I think they wanted her to be or maybe I don't know. I I didn't fully understand that. But she I mean, she's probably one of the best actresses of her generation and to see her kind of wasted in the show kind of uh is disappointing to me. Yeah, I I don't think they did a ton with her as as the villain, I would have liked to have seen a little bit more either like regret and like, you know, she did it because she had mm-hmm. to um, type of mentality to add a little bit more emotion to those kind of final scenes between her and Kate. 
Um, but I mean, she did. She was just kind of playing like a a very manipulative and like easy to jump to gaslighting mother. Yeah. <laughs> when she's like with Kate, she's like, oh, "Come on, is this what daughters do? Arrest their mothers on Christmas?" And it's this like, "Lady, you killed people." <laughs> like, I don't know you what orchestrated to say. people to die. What is going on? Yeah. <laughs> And possibly even killed uh, Armand yeah. in the first episode, right? Like, yeah, right. So and framed your yeah, your fiance I mean, for it. It does a lot to establish Kate as a hero. Like that is that's a hard choice for a hero to make to send like their own parent to jail. And like she didn't, you know, she did try to protect Kate from a lot of that. So a lot of this is very new to Kate. She hasn't she hasn't been super aware of everything her mom's been into so she still kind of has like that idealistic right. view of her mother and to have to turn her in and send her to jail basically is uh almost like a uh peter parker-esque like you have to make the hard choice type yeah of thing. i guess so when all is said and done i think this this award for best supporting actor goes to florence Pugh. like no doubt yeah. i i'm not going to disagree with that Yep, I cannot, uh, I can't make another argument. Um, if I had to pick a runner-up, I would actually probably go with Tony Dalton. Uh, just because I like Vincent D'Onofrio, but his role is a little mm-hmm. more limited. Um, and I think Tony Dalton is a, a very fun character <laughs> that I would like to see wherever Kate shows up next. Because I almost wonder if, you know, now that he's been proven to be sort of innocent, though he's a little... Like- a little happy to start cutting people down <laughs> on the streets with that sword. Um, I I do wonder if they're going to kind of lean on each other in, in the times of need. You can totally see him being like a sucker and staying with uh, her mom while she's in jail. <laughs> right. right? Like, <laughs> well, part so. of me was thinking like, is, is Jack Duquesne like a, a character that we don't know about from the comics or is he like a, yes. is, like, is he another hero or is he... J- He's a villain slash anti-hero. But he doesn't have like an alias. I think mostly he's a just villain. A... The swordsman. Oh, he's the swordsman. He's oh my the God. swordsman. He's French and he has like a, he has that mustache <laughs> and stuff, but his name's Jacques Duquesne in the <laughs> comics. He was actually like Clint's uh, mentor oh, okay. in the comics. So it seems like they kind of retold him. They they took a lot of liberties yeah. there. Well, but, part of me was thinking like, uh, is he going to show up in like Black Knight and like Blade? Like or we see we see Blade. Yeah, probably Blade. <laughs> Black, black knights and now jack duchane <laughs> yeah if anything he'll be a supporting character and cameo and wherever we see Kate yeah i would, I would say so as well yep all right so florence Pugh, best supporting actor and i believe we didn't do our awards show for uh black widow um but i would imagine <laughs> that, that we probably would select her for that one too, i right? definitely so would that's two supporting actor <laughs> wins for Florence Pugh in the MCU. Her alone. or David Harbour for that one. That's a tough yeah, call. Yeah, that'd be a that'd be a tough call. Uh, we'll talk about it when we get to our MCU 2021 awards show, which is coming up eventually as well. Right. Um. So best best fight scene. Um. You know, we talked about a lot of the good ones in the in the early episodes. Um. But. I think here in the final three, really, we had a lot of a lot of different fights in that last fight scene that were were standouts. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you had Kate versus Kingpin, which we talked about a decent mm-hmm. amount already. 
Um, we talked briefly about Kate versus Yelena, but to, to talk about that one again for a second, the the shot of them running through the different rooms was really cool. Kind of the, the tracking oh, yeah. shot, like as it uh, almost like an x-ray view. It looked like a dollhouse, right. like they're kind of moving through and you watch them fight. Um, and the, the part where Kate slaps <laughs> Yelena, she's like, <laughs> um, and I also like Kate lighting up all the, the floors on the elevator. <laughs> like, like uh, all of Buddy just Elf. That. Like, well, that's uh-huh. annoying. Why are you doing that? <laughs> <laughs> Great. Great stuff. Um, another one-on-one fight is uh, Clint versus Yelena. And this one was really great uh, just looking at this you know, list, not even for the I gotta fight give it to that just on this list that we have alone <laughs> just because they're clint versus kate versus elena clint, clint versus elena oh just because there is so much emotional weight behind that because we i mean through all of its faults black widow did establish the the relationship very well between elena and and uh natasha so mm-hmm seeing her here realize that her sister is gone and even like at the end of uh, at the end of black widow in the post credit scene like you see that she wants revenge and uh is getting is being told that clint did it right so there is a mm-hmm. lot of emotional weight behind this and we know it from clint's perspective that she's being fed lies completely that yeah. natasha sacrificed herself completely and she won't believe it uh, and I, I think deep down she does believe it, too. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like that fight yeah. and her conversations with Clint is just waiting for him to mm-hmm. say that to right. her. <laughs> and, like, she doesn't want to hear it because she wants she wants someone to blame for Nat's death. Like, she doesn't want to believe that she's gone. She wants to take her anger out on Clint because he didn't stop her. But she knows deep down that, like, if it were up to, to Nat to, like, sacrifice herself to save her family she'd do it and that yeah the emotional weight and that conversation that followed were just so good um the whistle like the (laughs) callback was really clever um it reminded me of like (laughs) you're gonna laugh at this but like the um a a much much better and more well done version of the uh Martha. From oh my god! Yeah, no, <laughs> like I... just something to completely stop stop someone in their tracks from like, killing you. <clears throat> but because we established that that one's stupid, it, this worked. one made sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah, I mean that it, it was just so good because it's just the the emotion that Clint showed and like just the way that this whole series served as like the black widow and Natasha eulogy that we didn't yeah. get in Endgame Like we did for Tony was, was just awesome. And I, I like found myself thinking a lot about, you know, the shows we saw this year and thinking back to the end of Endgame, And there's right after Tony's funeral, uh, there's the scene where Clinton and Wanda are staring out, like looking over the lake and talking about like the sacrifices yeah. that vision and Nat made. Right. And, like, I just think about, like, how much we've expanded on that. Like, how going back to that scene is going to feel so heavy now knowing <laughs> what follows and, like, the way that each of them kind of deal with their grief. And it's it's just, 
Uh, what a time <laughs> to be alive, isn't to watch it? This, like, my goodness, I, I, I was really shocked by how this show served as that eulogy that we didn't get, and that was really, really good for me. And we should have seen it coming, like knowing Florence Pugh mm-hmm. is going to be in this as Elena. Like, well, for a while, we, but at least I thought that Clint might actually die in this. <laughs> I I had wondered that in that scene. It's like, very well possible. Like They've played up this family angle with him so much that it seems almost it would fit pretty well if mm-hmm. she ends up killing him in the end. Yeah, it just wouldn't work for like the Christmassy fun. No, it wouldn't. <laughs> That's the only thing. <laughs> yeah, um, and it would be it would be hard for them to redeem redeem Elena after that. But I was wondering if like with her like stalling and and killing him or something or like stalling and and flipping and and letting him go like if something was going to happen like Kazi was going to get him or or something like that um but i i was happy to see them leave it where they did because they aren't on good terms i think i think yelena is still upset at him for all the time he got to spend with nat but i don't know just her walking away i thought was the best way to do it like they didn't end they aren't they aren't friends they aren't really good but they're just kind of going to go their separate right. ways. Which makes me wonder what's next for Yelena. I mean, she that's a that's a failed assignment. Right. <laughs> uh with Val who seems to be someone that's very dangerous, so uh could she send, is there now going to be a hit out on Yelena? Is John Walker going to go after <laughs> Yelena? Is John Walker basically just an assassin? No, I don't, I don't know. know. Uh, we don't know. We we, we speculate to, on on a, a on a Thunderbolts uh, team up every time Val comes up, yeah. and it never comes true. And that and then the next time something like this comes up, and we don't speculate on it, it's gonna happen. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they might as well just announce it already, because like everyone's pretty pretty keyed into what's right. going on here. Um, but you know, it remains to be seen. I don't know. I don't know where we're getting Elena next. I'm very, very curious to see where that might be. And I would say I would say um, the runners up for this fight scene for me would be the car chase scene. I mean, granted, that was mm-hmm, granted, that one. was the preview that, that they kind of like released as a teaser. So it was kind of like given away before the show even came out. Um and also the Kate and Clint versus the Tratsuit Mafia fight at Rockefeller Center. That was just fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's one I, I have to think about. I, I mean, I, I think I will go with Clint versus Yelena just because of the, the mm-hmm. weight of it. Not to but mention, that, they, that fight they, with all of them versus they kick each the, other's asses during know, that, man. too. They do. But that that fight with them all, with the Hawkeyes fighting the tracksuit on just the ice. And it's wave after like wave of... Kate slides in <laughs> and... <laughs> he hands her the trick arrows and she's like is it time <laughs> he's like it's time and the just the way all those arrows work are so cool i think they kill a lot of people in that yeah scene. yeah they do um i mean they're straight up just kind of murdering <laughs> these tracksuit guys some of them get frozen and their ar- limbs get blown off like <laughs> the we have the scene with the ones that get taken by the owl <laughs> <laughs> which i thought was probably i i, I mean i think that's a that's a good way to We'll get back to this fight scene one, but I think that's a good way to segue into our biggest laugh of the uh, of the show. Yeah, and because that 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 owl be carrying away the track suits is is 
one of our nominees. And I, I personally, I would say that's it right there. <laughs> Just because it was so unexpected to it's, see something like that happen. It's either that or Kate and Yelena, like in the elevator fight. Like when Kate punches her and then <laughs> lights up all the things. I don't know. It's it's that tough. tough. But I do like the, the tracksuits getting carried away because it was like a it was like a two stage joke. Like you had you had them shrink down and like scream and she's like, yeah. well, what do we do about that? And, he's, he, and Clint's like, well, I don't know. I'm going to have to ask God about that one. <laughs> and then the, the owl just sweeps them away. You're like, well, never mind. <laughs> what a gruesome, gruesome death. The pin particles provide like the, the worst deaths in the don't MCU. Don't they? <laughs> so far. Like I keep thinking about um, Cross turning that guy into goop and Ant-Man 1 and just like wiping him, flushing him down the toilet. <laughs> Awful stuff, man. In, uh, and what um, is it? In, in what if, like, the Hulk explodes? <laughs> yeah, I forgot yeah. about that one. No, that was Pym Tech. Yeah, it was. Yeah, jeez, it really does. <laughs> um, Yeah, but for best best fight scene, I mean, I, I did like the fight with the tracksuit at Rockefeller, but I think Clint versus Yelena is probably the winner here just because it provides so much context. It does, but at the same time that the action in that one's great and the action in that in the uh tracksuit fight is great too. Like they're both great for different reasons. One is a lot more fun and the other one is a lot more of a a, a, a lot more emotional states behind it. So that oh my god, that's so tough. Like I, yeah, I know. I keep going back and forth. Like, I almost want to give it a tie on both of them. You know, it, because the, the one thing about the the Rockefeller fight that made me so excited is we finally get to see like a really cool Hawkeye fight yeah. scene. Like all the trick arrows, all the fun, <laughs> like all the gimmicks. I mean, you had the the Pym Tech, you had the lightning arrows, you had the the um. You get like the goop arrows right <laughs> like it was just it was just wild and then kate like having her hero moments in that too i thought was great and like a lot of good payoff to them finally being partners now and um uh, i almost want to just give it a tie to both of those yeah let's let's give it a tie i'm fine with that so i was gonna say so back to the biggest laugh since we were just kind of in the we kind of like carried over to that one we have the uh we have the trash suits being carried away by the owl. We have the the whole what was that uh, in the elevator? Uh, that whole like back in the conversation between Yelena and Kate. Um, then the whole bit about Imagine Dragons and and Maroon Five uh, with one of the trash suit yeah. members saying that oh no we <laughs> we decided to go see Maroon Five instead. <laughs> it was fun. <laughs> it was a fun yeah, bit. I, I like the callback to it. Um, I I like the original joke the best when. He said, "Imagine dragons." And she, Kate was like, kind of grossed out. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I like upset by that. That was funny. Um, and then uh, Jack and Armand the Seventh uh, arguing, and Armand the Seventh. He tells uh, Armand the Seventh, which is just the little, I mean, the biggest brat kid mm-hmm. you've ever seen. He's like talking about him peeing his pants on vacation, <laughs> how everyone saw it. <laughs> Just good, good stuff. Um, 
I think I would probably go with the the track would, suits being carried too. away by the owl. Well, also because the track suits just get get the shit 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 out of them this entire show, and that's just like that's like the icing on the cake of like these three or four of them getting shrunk down and just carried away by an owl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and kate and glenn don't even no, do they anything just let him go. <laughs> yeah <laughs> we don't trade lives we can't shoot that out <laughs> down to save those four guys <laughs> um and then our next uh next category is best line um i i put in here the uh jack's line if i can't own a shell company i've never worked a day in my life <laughs> that, I thought that was pretty good very good one um i liked Clint and Kate at the end when Clint's telling Kate, you know, he's like, sometimes you meet someone that kind of just changes your whole worldview. Yeah. Um, and it, it just is good, uh, good way to show how their relationship developed as this like mentor and mentee um, throughout the show that I thought was just really, really uh, good, good cap on the, on the whole yeah. arc. Um, and then the final one is the the last line of the series when when Clint says, I've got an idea for a name, and then it just cuts to the title right. card, Hawkeye. I thought that was really yeah, good. It was good. I mean, overall, there isn't to me, there aren't really any lines that stand out in a memorable way like we get with uh say WandaVision or even Loki. Um and hell even uh Spider-Man No Way Home. We talked we talked about that one quite a bit between some of like Goblin's lines and uh even, well even the the infamous with great power there must come great responsibility. Um so to me like this show didn't really have anything that stood out in the same way that we've gotten in other entries. So yeah, at I least feel, to yeah. me I mean this show to me just overall was fun. It it's not heavy. It's light. It's very, um, it's very family oriented. I mean, it is set at Christmas, but uh, to me, since it's a lot more light and lighthearted and fun, even though people get straight up murdered in this, um, <laughs> I would have to go with the shell company line. Cause I, I really did like that one too. And the, I, I'll take more Jack Duquesne any day. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think that was a, a really great line. <laughs> it just, uh, it's just I don't know it sums up that whole character it does. really well and I get, I get, what, I get what you're saying <laughs> especially after the reveal that he's not a uh, a villain really even a player <laughs> right um, I mean I yeah. get what you're saying with the whole sometimes you meet someone who changes your whole worldview. I mean that I mean that kind of sums up Clint's character arc in this and uh, the, the idea for a name like, to me that just seemed very uh, not lazy writing but seemed very stereotypical of oh yeah i got an idea and just it it was fine in the moment but now i'm looking back on it it's like ah, that, i've seen that done a million times yeah i get it i guess so i'd say if we're going out of those three it's going to be the show company line that's in my mind though yep i'm good with that so that brings us to the uh best easter egg um so for for this one we have uh quite a few actually um the clint reenacts the the way that he killed that one yakuza mm-hmm. member right before nat got him in endgame um while larping yeah. 
<laughs> which is really great, like slamming the sword down. Um, pretty good, pretty good nod there. Um, there were some Broadway producer cameos in the in the uh, Rogers musical. I won't go through them, but um, I'm going to be honest, I didn't recognize any of them. So, oh, I didn't recognize them. I read them <laughs> online. I'm not a big so that, Broadway. Person. Yeah, to me, that that one's out. We'll get to we'll get to that <laughs> yep, post credit scene it. in a moment, <laughs> but <laughs> yep. The the watch. So Laura Barton's watch. I think that's a a mm-hmm. big one. Um, so we find out that Laura was a shield agent and on the back, it actually has 19 indicating that she was agent 19, which is the designation typically used for mockingbird Mm -hmm. in the comics. Um, who in the comics is historically in a relationship with, with Clint. So it's kind of a cool, cool nod to that. I don't know if we're ever going to get anything more. I don't think so. At least in my mind that, that just will sit as an Easter egg unless, Unless yeah. in the future, uh, they kind of retool the character to be one of Clint's daughters instead of a, right. a lover of some sort. I think this could be a a cool uh, era to visit in an animated series. Yeah. You know, with the actors getting older, it, it could be cool to do like a, a spy thriller animated show with uh, almost like an archer type thing oh my God. And, and laura as uh as secret agents for for shield <laughs> back in like the 90s or something or early 2000s so i think i'd be i think that could be a uh a neat era to yeah that would be fun in an animated sense mm-hmm. um we get a number of references to christmas films uh, yeah um throughout this and four of them that i can really think of were um, we mentioned the Buddy the Elf move <laughs> in the elevator by lighting up all of the things. Um, the the shot of Kate and Clint sitting in the ambulance at the end was very reminiscent yeah. of Die Hard. Um, the going back to Die Hard again, the final fight taking place inside and around this during building, a Christmas party, like keeping it very yeah during a Christmas party was very mm-hmm. very Die Hard inspired. Um, and then the the montage early in the finale where they're crafting all of the trick arrows felt pretty similar to uh, Kevin McAllister setting up all the traps in Home Alone. <laughs> it reminded me of that a bit. I love a good montage. I think that montage was yeah, a lot if it's of fun. Done, if they're, they've, been, they've been done so many times, but if it's done in a unique way, it's it's it really sits yep. with you. And another one that I think is not necessarily a reference to a film itself, but reference to like a discourse around films so a boring um one. kate kate brings over a bunch of christmas movies for her and clint to watch um i think it's in episode three mm-hmm. and among them is die hard <laughs> so you know there's always a good debate on whether die hard's a christmas yeah. movie and kate apparently and it is this. yep um the uh there was a nice nod to the comics which we already mentioned but Fisk and Maya's confrontation um, taken directly from Maya's origin in the comics. And then the last one is the Rockefeller tree owl. So um, in 2019, there was actually discovered to be an owl living in the Rockefeller tree. Um, And if you look up a picture of it, it is identical to the one that they created for Hawkeye. So it's a neat, uh, neat little reference there. I don't think that one ate any tiny people, <laughs> but I'm gonna have to check out uh, the, the sources. That on one's that pretty one. neat. I, no, I never knew that. 
Yeah, pretty cool, yeah. isn't it? I think it's a nice, nice little nod. But I almost want to make, make that the best Easter egg for just. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking too. I mean, I, I think I almost think the Agent 19 is probably less of an Easter egg and more of like a we're dividing your attention to this because we want you to notice right. this. You know, like it, it's not as subtle. Like it was meant to be like a almost a twist little moment for for fans. So I do like the I like the Rockefeller. Yeah, me too. Out. Learn something new every day. Let's go yeah. with it. That is a that's a fun, fun Easter egg, and they did something cool with mm-hmm. it too. Um, we typically do our Fury Award, which is for cameos, um, best cameo. But there really weren't any cameos that didn't have a large. No, role in the arguably, show. Wilson Fist is one, but I mean he played a pretty prominent role in the uh, in the finale, so I can't really consider that a cameo. Yeah, and our our post credit scene did not give us any uh any big cameos, that's for sure. Um All right, so that brings us to our final category here, and that's uh that's MVP. Um for this, I I'd, I'd like to consider three three players here. Um Florence Pugh is our best supporting mm-hmm. actor. Um, and then obviously our our Hawkeyes, Jeremy Renner and, and Haley Steinfeld. Um, <laughs> this is going to be this one's tough. very tough because I I really I've never so let me like preface this I've never been the biggest Jeremy Renner Hawkeye no. fan. I don't think he's ever been given a ton to do in the comics and and I really I don't think he was given that much to work with in this show outside of some of the scenes reflecting on that and some of the stuff with yep. Kate. Um so I I don't think this is necessarily the like completely turned my opinion of Jeremy Renner's Hawkeye. Um like he was a little more lighthearted, a little bit more cool in this than he has been in the past. Um but for me this this series was carried by Kate. Um you know, like just her her dynamic with every character she interacted with, from Clint to Elena to her mother to Jack to to um, Kingpin, just really drove home every scene she was in. And we talk a lot about Elena carrying a lot of the scenes, but I mean, Kate was a big part of that that uh, chemistry and dynamic. I mean, too. when you think about it, though, this is her show, like. It's called Hawkeye, and I mean Jeremy Renner's Hawkeye. Jeremy Renner's Clint Barton is a major player in it, but this really, in a way, is the passing of the, the torch from Clint to Kate. And yeah, this is her origin story. Uh, I, I I agree with you that Jeremy Renner's Clint Clint Barton just has never had a lot to do other than give the Avengers a safe house in Age of Ultron, uh, and kind of be the, the dad figure to, to Wanda in Age of Ultron. But um, yeah, I, I, I can't disagree with you there. And it, when I was looking at the, this category originally, I thought it was going to be tough. But the more I think about it, the show didn't do a lot for me either for Jeremy Renner. And so I, I hate to eliminate him immediately, but I think out of the three, he's the weakest aspect of this mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Haley Steinfeld is definitely, I don't want to say the breakout, but I mean, this was her show. Like, again, her story, yeah. her origin, her becoming the new Hawkeye. But I. Well, and I think, I think she, just looking at the impression she had on Clint, too, was really cool mm-hmm. just to see. You know, he was very hesitant to have a partner based on what happened oh, to right. Nat and his worry about being able to protect everybody. But to see her kind of break those barriers down with him to the point where he's wearing the the purple arrow costume <laughs> in the finale was awesome. Um, so, man, I, I don't... And I hate to... I think it is a passing of a torch in a sense, but I don't think we've seen the last of... I don't of, think we've seen the uh, last of them, but I think that... I think that the mantle of Hawkeye is essentially being passed on to Kate at this point. Even, even if Clint shows up in just like an advisory role. Um, And I, what's tough for me on this is it's between Haley Steinfeld and Florence Pugh. And the thing is Florence Pugh stole literally every scene she was in. And I I hate to give it to her in a Hawkeye show. (laughs) Yeah. I but she had a she had I a character would. arc in this. Like that's so hard to say no to. <laughs> I know. Ah, that's frustrating. That's it so is. frustrating. <laughs> but I almost I almost have to give it to Haley Steinfeld just on the fact this is gonna be a, a really bad argument, but on the fact that it, I guarantee if we did a Black Widow awards. Florence Pugh would get the MVP of that one. You know? <laughs> yeah. So. I would agree with that. I would agree so, with that. yeah, I. I got to go with Haley Steinfeld in, on this. I, I loved her as Kate. I mean, the character, I think, is great. I was a little annoyed with her at the beginning. But then, like, as the show progressed, I thought she got a lot. She got. I was able to connect with her a lot more. And she was. She she doesn't know what she's doing because she's still young and learning, but like toward the end, she like can start to do a little more on her own. Like she takes on Kingpin on her yeah. own. That that's a, yeah. that's a feat in and of itself. Yeah. Yeah. We've, I mean, we haven't seen many people go toe to toe with him and come out no. alive on the other side, let alone win right. the fight. Um. So I, yeah, I'm, I'm going with Haley Steinfeld too. I mean, she, she killed it in this. I'm just so excited to see her. And you could easily, with the way she established the Kate Bishop character in this, you could see her being just one of the next big faces of the MCU. Yeah. Like, it's going to be hard to deny that. I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if the next place she shows up is a Hawkeye film, like, or as leader of the Young Avengers or plays that fury role in trying to recruit other right. heroes to restart the Avengers or I, I don't know but I think I think the future is really bright for this character and it was a great great jumping off yeah. point and one of the like most like pitch perfect castings that you could get in the MCU no pun intended <laughs> but like I mean if you it's it's one of the better like direct from page to screen translations we've ever seen in the right. MCU and and she still made it her own though too. So. so very excited to see where that character goes. Um, and then the last two kind of uh not really categories to talk about, but um spin-off corner and will this age well. So 
looking at potential spinoffs for this. Uh, we know we're getting mm-hmm. Echo. Um, we've talked about the potential of Jack and Swordsman <laughs> showing up in the future. Um, Still waiting for Marvel Knights. And I, I just wonder, what is the what is the mechanism we can get more of that Yelena and Kate dynamic? Because I think <laughs> I think it's going to happen just based on the reaction to it. Um, and the relationship they've established in this show? I would say it would be in, in either a Young Avengers capacity or a, um, I don't want to say a Thunderbolts capacity where they're like op- they're in like opposition to each other. But I think that's where they play off best of like where they are in opposition mm. to each other in one way or another. So if you get like a, so I know we keep bringing up the Thunderbolts when something, somebody like Yelena comes up, but yeah, if you had something like a Thunderbolts team versus a Young Avengers, where those are the two that are in, are in direct conflict with each other, if they come out of that as come out of this as best friends, I think it the the relationship kind of gets corny, at least to me. That's a really uh, good. Point. I think that's a really I think good what point. worked best about this is that they're both at complete opposite ends, but they still play off of each other very well. Yeah. Yeah, and I I like that having that more like antagonistic rival type uh, relationship, I mean, and you could play off of that well. I mean, like, Kate said it at you one. Know, point. You have these all these thunderbolts that are you know out to kill, but you have Elena who's like sort of good, and and Kate leading the Young Avengers, and maybe they mm-hmm. clash, and there's still like a you know almost like a civil war type. Uh, fight scene where they aren't they're really pulling their punches against and each i mean other. you kind of i mean kate says it at one point you you've already mentioned it that she says stop making me like you so much yeah so i mean they yep. i, I don't want to see them be best buds all of a sudden but i i liked that antagonistic relationship between the two of them yeah and it's different like it i mean they're clearly building up the next generation of like a uh, the legacy Hawkeye and Black Widow characters mm-hmm. having a some sort of like relationship and having it be more of like a rivalry or frenemy type thing is it's mm-hmm. smart and kind of a breath of fresh air where like characters who like each other in the MCU are typically buddy buddy right right so to see them like you know they like each other personally but they're just kind of opposed to each other fundamentally right. <laughs> is cool um. And then as far as like Hawkeye itself, do you think we get a season two of this? Do you think that's on hold until we see more of Kate in like a team setting? Do you think we get a film? What are you, what are your thoughts? I, I don't know if I necessarily want a season two of this. I think if we get another Hawkeye series, it'll be like Kate Bishop colon Hawkeye or something along those lines. Like, like I, I know you said yeah. that, you don't think this is the last we've seen of Clint, and I don't think so either. But I, I keep thinking I, th- this is probably the last we see Clint in this role to at this in this capacity. I think from here on out, like I said before, he takes on more of an advisory and mentor role to her mm-hmm. in how to be an Avenger and how to be a superhero. She thinks she knows what she's doing, but she clearly doesn't. Um, so I think if another season of this comes around, it'll be even more Kate centered with uh, Clint kind of taking a bat seat. Now, 
who a villain of that might be. I don't know. Um, I think I think Elmenor eventually comes back. So? Yeah, I don't think they're done with her yet. I think I still I think there's still a bit more you can do. Yeah, there. probably. But um, I I'd like to see a, a movie of this, but I I, mm-hmm. I can't even begin to predict where things would go. <sighs> it's almost like it's almost like so we need look- to see her in in a team first in like a at like a street level capacity with say echo daredevil um maybe luke maybe not luke cage but you know what i'm trying to say with with those types of yeah, heroes yeah. and then yeah. go from there if there's more to tell that obviously she's going to have more stories to tell but is it going to be just kind of stretching it out from where that team ends or is there something right. that we're mi- that you and i are missing from this point forward yeah, it's it's kind of interesting to think about where they could go. Um, in the comics, there is a pretty significant time where she spends a time in New York, like you know, with the Fraction Run and then um, Young Avengers and stuff. Uh, but eventually, she does go to uh, L.A. and becomes a private mm-hmm. investigator, which is a really cool series, um, which could make for a, a really cool uh, Disney Plus series yeah. as well. Just kind of like a. Uh, you could almost do it like what they're going to do with She-Hulk and have uh, kind of like a nine episode run, but there are 30 minutes and looking at different, like her investing, investigating different cases, mm-hmm. almost like a monster of the week type thing, which could be, could be a lot of fun, lend itself to a lot of different cameos. Um, and that eventually built up to like her um, taking on a big role with the West Coast mm-hmm. Avengers, which could be something I mean, we get to. We've got White Vision already, but- so... It's not out of yeah. the realm of possibility. Mm-hmm. Her 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 West Coast Avengers team was wild, though. It had uh, Gwenpool, which is an alternate <laughs> version of Gwen. St- Gwen, not Gwen Stefani. <laughs> <laughs> an alternate version of Gwen Stacy that is also Deadpool. <laughs> um, <laughs> and that's the one that had um, Brodock yeah. in it too. So, you know, it's a it's a good it's good run, but. Um, America Chavez also is a prominent member of oh that boy. team, which we know we're getting her in a right. few months. So well, that remains to be seen. <clears throat> um, and then what about this this one aging well? What are, what are I your mean, thoughts? I mean, like I said, like I've said a couple times, like this this show in general is just very light and fun and lighthearted, minus all the murder. But it just, I think. To an extent, it will. I don't want to revisit it every couple months, but like maybe while I'm doing some errands around the apartment at Christmas, I'll put it on in the background, like, and just kind of let it play, you know. Um, like it. I mean, they they really nailed the whole the whole Christmas tone. So I think I think we could arguably, or I think we could reliably say that this is a Christmas series. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, I don't think there's any arguing. So. That. I, yeah, I think in terms of aging, well, do I want to revisit it every couple months? No. Will I put it on at Christmas? Sure. Like, I, I, I really don't have any major complaints or gripes about it. It was, it was fine. Like, if, if, if yep. I had to put, I don't like to give letter grades or num- put numbers on things, but like, I would give this a solid B plus. Like, I don't have much mm-hmm. to complain about with it. It's not perfect, but it's not terrible. 
but it's not no i i think it's a lot but, of fun i mean they they did exactly yeah. what they set out to do with this series i think people on online are really complaining about this and and the way that it felt small and it, it, was it meant felt to. like it didn't have stakes but it's not meant to they didn't want they didn't want it to. right <laughs> like if we're if we're telling 10 stories a year in the mcu now like we're we're not going to get everything that's bombastic. <laughs> we're not going to have entire universe shaking consequences. Uh, we're going to tell small scale stories and, you know, we're just going to have to accept that and enjoy them for what they are and not what we want. What's them to crazy be. to me, though, is that like I just rewatched Sean Chi last night and today. And mm-hmm. that's uh, that's thinking about it. That is very small state. Granted, like the, the Dweller in Darkness ends up being like a could be like a world breaking creature. But and like world ending villain, but at the same time, that's a family drama at, at its core. The stakes uh-huh. of that in overall were pretty low. And when you yep. really think about it, it's about outside of the like you said, the the last half of the. Yeah, like a lot of that is about a guy trying to get his family. The villains trying to get his family back together, you know, so yeah. like mm-hmm. it's, overall, the stakes on that are low. <laughs> um, right. But everyone loved it. It wasn't world ending. Right. It wasn't universe breaking. And then we get No Way Home, and now all of a sudden everything has to break the universe. Even Eternals right. like almost did. Yep, exactly. And I mean, we better get used to it because I think we're going to be getting a lot of smaller scale stories next year. I mean, we have She-Hulk that probably is going to be. I mean, that's they're saying it's a courtroom dramedy a 30 minute courtroom dramedy i'm fine with that you know yeah i'm cool with that and i mean moon knight's probably not going to be huge scale there's going to be fantastical elements Mm -hmm. to it but you know it's going to be a street level show um and then miss marvel's you know going to be probably pretty small scale too even though her power set (laughs) by definition she'll show back up in uh the marvels and there will be more higher states Mm -hmm. in there um Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, in terms of aging, well, I, I think this will just because it is, it is family oriented. It is a Christmas series. Like it, it's fine. I, I, I don't have any reason to see why this wouldn't age well. There aren't references that age it itself. It's not like somebody's mentioning, I don't know, I, specific iPhones, you know, or specific movies or like yeah saying myspace you know <laughs> like Iron right, exactly um uh-huh stuff like that that would age it like i i really don't think this will i think it'll be a fun thing to revisit at yeah. christmas like uh <laughs> i think it's uh, those kate and yelena and kate and clint interactions are always going to be a blast yeah. <laughs> especially when you put a year between viewings of them so um yeah i'm i'm with you on that <laughs> What did you think of the post credit scene? <laughs> I don't know how we did not call it. We, we almost did. We called it. We thought they were going to release like a separate production of the musical on Disney Plus eventually. Right. But to to see that entire musical number in the post credit scene, I I it loved was, it. Yeah. I mean, I didn't need a big tease towards what was coming next. No. Like to put that there felt like just a It was the end of the a troll move and be like, "Hey, the happy new year like right you know, like just like a well the goofy. thing is it's like it's coming yeah. like the week of christmas like it's the end of the year no way home has been released this is the finale this is the final marvel entry we're getting this year like let's just let's just send it off with something 
fun and and like yeah. you and i talked about that like like you said releasing like a 30 minute version on disney plus or even just that whole segment on disney plus and i got cynical and said they're going to release it in the theme parts so that's going to be the only place you can see it but <laughs> um i uh when I thought I when I went to see No Way Home with my one friend who actually does like um he's one of the he's one in one of the stagehand unions that like do a lot of the the productions in in town and like at at like the theaters in town and even like the movie shoots um it he's part of um Iotsi is what I'm trying to say um mm. so when we were after when we were waiting for No Way Home to start he said so what did you think of that that musical scene in Hawkeye I said. I think it's going to be uh, I, I took throughout my cynical take and said, I think it's going to be thrown in the theme parts. And he goes, you know, they're going to release it on Broadway, right? Like a full blown musical. I'm like, no, they're not. They're oh, they're not. No. There's no there's no possible way. He goes, well, they did a whole build out for it. And that got me thinking that, like, there's no way. Disney Home? put money into an entire scene build out when I mean, he has a point there, an entire scene build out had an entire number written rehearsed and performed for like a 45 second scene. That's just uh-huh. insanity. If you've ever done one of those build outs, it's, it's, it's so much work. I mean, I did it in high school, but um, I mean, that's months of work. Uh, so when, when he said that, I realized that they had to release the whole thing at, at some point. I'm happy we got it here. And it wasn't like a tweet that was sent out later. Yeah. And this is kind of like the, the the bow for the end of 2021. Yeah. Did you have you read the story behind how it got into the production? No. <laughs> so um, I can't remember who it was, if it was a showrunner or some of the writers. They while driving to the uh, writer's room, they would pass the Hamilton board. <laughs> and bill billboard and one of them thought oh my god rogers the musical and they wrote it in as like a, a one line intending on uh just putting a billboard up like as like a yeah. joke or something and feige saw it it <laughs> was like you have to make this he was like you put it in here i'm holding you to it <laughs> he said we're going clint is going to to rogers like feige was the one that was like we have to do this. This is awesome. <laughs> we did it as a joke. So the guy like regretted putting it in there because they had to like push forward with like doing the musical because of Feige. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, it's really good. Um, Lesson learned: Don't yeah, show I was, good. I was happy to get it there. I mean, we we've had this is our what is it ninth MCU entry this in twenty twenty one. I think yeah. so. Yeah, it's our ninth this year. So, I mean, it's a good little fun way to send off to end yeah, the year, right? Yeah, I would say so. I could have I could have maybe seen like something with uh Yelena at the end there going back yeah. to Val and getting a little more teased there, but no. I don't need it. I'm good I'm good just speculating for mm-hmm. once and <laughs> knowing like we don't know when we're gonna see Yelena next. We don't know what it means for her that she walked away from Clint, so like I think where everything ended for each individual character, like I'm fine just leaving it where it is, and us kind of just speculating on on the future. I didn't need a, a big post credit scene to this one, especially given the tone mm-hmm. of of the show. Like it just feels like it's, you know, it it tells a story it wants to tell, and it's done. And here's the musical number to <laughs> on your way out. 
Yeah, it was fun. So, it was fun. Yep. I, I mean, that, that sums sure up this was. whole show is fun. Fine. Yep. Lots of fun. So uh, now we get into the part where we rank oh. this as far as our MCU series goes. And we've had five so far um, in, in just just a little under a year. Um, so I, I currently actually have this in my third. That's spot. actually where I was going to put um, it too. I think yours and I, I have, is, yours and mine are very similar. Yeah. We might have I, actually the same rankings right now. Um, and one, I have Loki two WandaVision three Hawkeye, uh, four Falcon and the winter soldier and five. Yeah, Lord. We're exactly the same. Yep. <laughs> um, I think this is a good, good middle man i mean yeah. i think all the live action series we got this year were actually very good um i had some gripes with falcon and the winter soldier with some of the b and c plots of that series but um overall i mean just it was a banger first year for mcu on disney it Plus. was it, it really was and i was happy to uh i was happy to see it unfold um yeah falcon and winter soldier has its problems and I saw a pretty good breakdown, better like analysis of why it kind of fell apart. Uh, but uh-huh. I, I mean, it was fine overall. Somehow we got two to two and a half hour episodes out of each one of those episodes. <laughs> yeah, we were in our earlier podcasting days and ran a much less tight uh, ship with this. It wasn't it. <laughs> <laughs> are we st- now that we've like removed a lot of the, the fluff from the show? Are we still the ship of Theseus? Oh, God. <laughs> Go back to the philosophical. <laughs> <clears throat> but man, I, I WandaVision was the great kickoff to us wanting to start this podcast too, because the speculation was just so fun during that. Wasn't show. it? It was, and that's what led us to even want to do right. this. Like knowing that we'd be able to do that, you know, most um like every other I don't know, half of the year we could pretty much speculate on MCU stories, so pretty wild um but yeah i mean that brings us to the the end of our review of the last uh, mcu property of 2021 um and that was that was a good one it was a great year for us here at infinity watchers we got our first uh almost almost a year under our yeah. belt now in, podcasting, uh, which is in pretty crazy. march it'll be a year <laughs> yeah Wild stuff. <laughs> so to everybody who's who's been tuning in the past nine months, thank you. Uh, we really appreciate it. I mean, you can you can always hit us up via email or on social media to like send a give us your praises or your criticisms. Um, we don't want criticism. <laughs> but yeah, it's been a fun year. Um, I know our our release schedule has been a little wonky the past like month and a half. Uh, I mean, we've had a lot going on for the past four months in our in our personal and professional lives so we just appreciate everyone that is listening to this to like thank you for sticking by and being patient with us while we put these out it's been a fun time it has been and i'm looking forward to 2022 we've got a a huge lineup of mcu properties one of the the best years for mcu films um i think that we have had to date if not the best (laughs) Um, I mean, it, it, I'll say that with uh, 
you know, rose-colored glasses on, I guess, you know, looking forward at the, at the next year, assuming everything is as good as we're hoping it's going to be. But we have a great year lined up, and we're we're excited to continue to break all this stuff down. As and assuming we're going to get it is the other thing. We, we, oh, don't, we don't know. I mean, um, there is that the pandemic plot line that I wish we could cut. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I just saw today that uh, that apparently Omicron is peaking, so it's possible that it, it'll drop off here in the next few weeks. But who so. knows what's going to happen after that? <laughs> so we'll uh, we'll be we'll be bringing you great MCU content from here on out. Hopefully, in a more timely manner, uh, we have some we have some ideas up our sleeves for uh, for what to do in like this little lull between now and when possibly She-Hulk or Moon Knight or Miss Marvel or whatever the next TV series comes out is, or even Multiverse of Madness, if that's really the next entry we're getting in May. So, yeah, yeah some unknowns in terms of uh, when the next MCU content's going to drop, but we have some some fun content planned in the meantime so you know stick with us we'll we'll keep putting some episodes up and uh you know they won't be our our breakdowns that we're used to but we'll be we'll be talking through some fun content i think we've got lined up for you so thanks for listening and and we'll uh, we'll look to bring you the the content all right as always for jared i am john and we will see you next time